well, you're so good at writing or you're so good at whatever. And we can pull those together even in a workplace and, and a leader. And we're really leaders of our home, right? Yes, so we're just orchestrating right. that same leadership and just recognizing these strengths and pulling them all together and making it absolutely phenomenal. Because when we serve together, like in 1 Corinthians 12, we each have unique strengths, but then when we use them together, we can do so much more. When my family started our homeschooling journey, there were so many decisions to make, but one of our best decisions was choosing to use BJU Press Homeschool. I've never seen my kids so excited to get textbooks before. I'm amazed by how interesting and interactive the lessons are. My kids actually look forward to them. We use the online video lessons for all our courses, but I know some families choose to teach from the textbooks. What I love is that I can trust BJU Press to uphold our values. The Bible and biblical principles are woven throughout each subject. I'll admit, I was a bit nervous when I started homeschooling, but I've found a wonderful online community of other BJU Press homeschool families and consultants. The Homeschool Hub also makes my job easier. I can set up our schedules and rearrange them with just a few clicks. On the dashboard, I can see each of my kids' progress and the assignments page shows me quickly what's ready for me to check or grade. I'm glad my son's biology assignments are automatically graded. BJU Press Homeschool has given us the tools and confidence to homeschool our children. For more information, do what I did and visit the BJU Press Homeschool website or talk with your local Homeworks consultant. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast, where our goal is to help you thrive on your homeschooling journey. Let me take just a minute to ask you to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. And if this podcast has been meaningful for you, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Each review really helps us. We're also available on YouTube now, and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, where we have even more content and some really great reels. Today, I have my friend Yvonne Strawn on the podcast with me. Yvonne is an amazing homeschool mom. This is her 14th year of homeschooling. She has five children. She's an author, an artist, a speaker, and a, a homeschool radio host. So she has, um, she has done a little bit of everything in the homeschooling community. She also is well acquainted in dealing with and teaching children who have a variety of disabilities. So I want to take just a minute to welcome Yvonne to the show today. Yvonne, thank you so much for being here. Yvonne, it is so great to have you here with me today on the podcast. I love the times we've shared together, but especially um, in things like this, because you do such a great job of talking about your homeschooling story and how it applies to the rest of us. So tell us a little bit about your family and tell us how you got into homeschooling. Oh, yes, Zan. Uh, I have five children, and I've been married 27 years. So the very um, most special thing to my heart is just being a good wife and a good mom, like so many of those moms out there. Um, but my, I have five children, and my oldest is 22. And then I have a nine, well, she'll be 19 on Tuesday. And then a 14-year-old, 12-year-old, and 9-year-old that I'm homeschooling this year. So and how many years have you been homeschooling? Well, I've homeschooled 14 years. And you've got about eight more to go. So yes. So that, that's, that's very exciting. 
So how did you start that homeschooling journey? Yeah, so Ashley, actually, she's my oldest. She went to a Christian school for a few years, and I really had wanted to homeschool. My sister-in-law had homeschooled, and she's much older than me. Um, But I saw what she was doing, and when Ashley had come to that age of going to school, my husband and I already talked about, well, we're going to send her to a Christian school because that's what we talked about. Right. We just wanted her faith to be good. Um, I also wasn't a teacher. So, but it just tore me apart dropping her off at school every day. And Zan, part of that too is because when she was born, she uh, has what they call Turner syndrome. She's missing a chromosome. And so she had only a 2% chance of survival just to even start with. And then she had heart surgery and we're pouring all our time and efforts into her. And it just broke my heart bringing her to school every day. I cried. I think I cried every day when I dropped her off. And then I, I worked there. I taught art there and tried to be present as much as I could. But still, it was just so hard for me. And I just kept thinking about my sister-in-law and how she had homeschooled. And so I wanted to mention it to my husband. I really wanted to homeschool, but I thought, oh, well, I don't really feel equipped. So one day I was pregnant with my third child and my husband comes up to me and he goes, hey, do you want to homeschool? Oh, I couldn't believe it. I just, my heart jumped out of my chest and I was, of course, like, yay, yes. (laughs) Um, So then I thought that... uh, my uh, sister-in-law would help me, but she was done homeschooling at that point and she was going to college and she had a lot of other things on her plate. So she was like, just sent me stickers and said, good luck. (laughs) So, all right. So I want to back up a little bit. Tell everybody about the first time I met you. So we were both at the Czech Conference, Christian Home, Educator, Christian Home Educators of Colorado. I think we were both probably speaking there. And you started telling me about Ashley. It was such a special bond that I felt with you. And then I got to meet Ashley. And because Turner Syndrome is not common. And right. So you rarely meet. And because the birth rate is so low. I mean, for people who can carry a Turner syndrome baby to term, you you rarely meet a Turner syndrome child. And so when I met Ashley, I just remember wanting to hug her and cry. And, you know, it was just, it's one of the, it, it meeting you and hearing about Ashley and meeting Ashley is just one of the sweetest, strongest memories I've had in a long, long time. So I just want to thank you for sharing her story with us and sharing how that brought you into homeschooling. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Zan. My heart goes out to you. I've lost two children myself, and it's just so heartbreaking. And so my heart goes out to you. And I remember telling you, and I thought, oh, I didn't want to... I just felt like, oh, is this going to be so painful, you know? And so sharing that, I was like, yes, yes, very sensitive to that. But I was so thankful that you then messaged me and then told me that, hey, it was so healing and so beautiful. And that just brought me so much peace knowing that. And just another way that Ashley's blessed people all around her. (laughs) You know, that, that is the truth, isn't it? I didn't even think about it from that perspective. But 
she was such a huge blessing to me, just having dinner with her that night. And then, so tell us a little bit about maybe just about Turner syndrome and then the learning difficulties that presented to her and how you overcame so many of those, because it really doesn't matter sometimes what the disability is that your child has. It's the ability to work with, with the child. Right. You know, so I always tell people with um, any child, just like with any adult, we all have um, disabilities per se, right? We're good at something. And then we have other things that are more difficult for us. So that's one of the things that I always encouraged Ashley in. You know, um, my husband's actually had heart surgery himself and I have medical, I mean, None of our bodies is made perfect, but we are made exactly the way God created us. And I'm so thankful because with some of these um, things that seem imperfect in our world, they really aren't because God uses those to really speak into others' lives. Um, One of the things with Ashley is she's so incredibly innocent and so incredibly happy all the time. And so when you have something like Turner syndrome or really anything, Down syndrome, there's going to be a big spectrum of what they can do and can't do. And a lot of times when I speak, I I don't always want to label like, oh, this is for ADHD or whatever, because sometimes people that aren't even labeled may have a difficulty with something or um, it it interchanges. So I just say, well, if a person has a difficulty reading, this is how you can help. Or, you know, if they're having a hard time with handwriting, this is how you can help. And I think that's really the key is when we're working with our children is, well, where are they struggling and how can we help them? Right. So one of the, yeah. So one of the things with Ashley was um, the processing is very, very hard for her, especially like quick processing. So um, for instance, uh, she'll get turned around. I, I don't want to be in a big crowd and then send her to the restroom and then not go with her because she could get turned around. And actually, we did lose her. It was about two years ago. I lost her when we were at an event. And I was just like, like, if you lose a two-year-old almost, my heart was just, I thought somebody took my Ashley, you know. But then I remembered that, okay, wait, she has a phone on her. (laughs) And then I called her. (laughs) Oh, that's one thing, isn't it? Yes. Yes. So, um. But she had just gotten turned around and exited a different door, went a totally different way. But I mean, it was just so hard. Um, so some of the things with her is just like that processing. And and sometimes I even forget that it's there. And then something like that pops up. And I'm like, oh, I should have known. I need to remember, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, so with the processing and the spatial relational things, um, school was very hard for her as to process through things quickly, especially in math um, and anything that that required like a quicker thinking. So she doesn't drive, for instance, um, things like that. And she's still home with us, which is such a blessing because she helps me with all my writing and editing. And she's actually going to be working on a newspaper. So that's an amazing school. story. So I want to come back to that story. But I do want to ask you about the way you handled graduation, because I love this. And I think this will really encourage parents, because when we homeschool, we have the flexibility for our children to start and end when they have the uh, the readiness and the ability to do that. So tell us 
how, what, how old Ashley was when she graduated from high school and what led you in that process? Okay, yeah. So she was 21. And, um, well, you know, I've had friends actually say this to me is, you know what, nobody has ever told me that it doesn't matter what age my child graduates and that I can take them slow, take it slower at their pace. And I was like, oh, yeah. That's well, right. Because people don't say, how old were you when you graduated from high school? You know, yeah. it's. Yeah. I've never applied for a job and they go, well, how old were you when you graduated high school? They never <laughs> And so. What so you just took it year by year incrementally, whatever Ashley could handle? Yes, absolutely. Um, I just wanted to make sure that she was equipped in the best way possible for when she would be ready. Um, and and in her case, it's not going out and being on her own. Rather, it's ready to be able to manage um, her writing. <clears throat> and her editing and um, maybe some things around the house. Like if I'm not here, can she put something in the microwave and eat it? You know? Um, right. Right. Yeah. So part of our homeschool journey was to use an occupational therapist and because I had to learn. I'm like, okay, she was vacuuming and she would vacuum in one spot over and over and over and over again. And I'm like, oh, she can't vacuum, you know? So we went to the occupational therapist and she taught us how to, you know, do things to help her. So, for instance, with vacuuming, we, she would draw out the room and then she would take a little length of a crayon and she would have her move the crayon and color the one spot and then move it over. And she couldn't color the same spot twice. Well, that girl vacuums now, you know, and she can do laundry. I have, mar you know, I marked all the places to put the dials and I have tape to how far you can fill it. And so we've implemented a lot of that in our home. And so I wanted her prepared that way. And then I also wanted to really look at her gifts. And I think that's important with every child, whether they have a disability or not, look at their that's gifts right. and, and how you can help them, right? That's mm -hmm. right. I think that's really important because I think when we have children who have disabilities, our tendency is to look at what they can't do instead of what they can do. And that's typical of all children everywhere. I can remember, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, but there was a book I read as a new homeschool mom growing up learning. And the, the doctor who wrote this book, the professor said, you never catch a room full of adults operating from their spheres of weakness. They always operate from their spheres of strength. So if your child doesn't love math, don't in, in school, instead of giving them 2,500, 25 problems, we give them 100 problems. You know, manage the weaknesses and really help them shore up the strength. And so I, I love the way you did this with Ashley. And, and to me, she has a really unusual strength that has, has benefited you and the whole family. So tell us about her writing and editing, how you discovered that and how you began to work together. Oh, yeah. So early on, uh, when she didn't know what to do, she would pace back and forth. And it was usually in front of our sliding glass door. And so I always had to pay attention. Well, okay, I need to tell her what to do next. She doesn't know what to do, you know. Um, or I would have to pull her alongside or guide her, which is, you know, I love doing that. But I 
also noticed that she loved reading so much and she would write these little stories in notebooks. I mean, she has all these notebooks from when she was little and she would just write and she read so much. And so one day I just got in my mind that, oh, you know, what if she, when she doesn't know what to do, what if she just reads or writes and then when I'm ready to move on to the next thing, because I have five kids, I can't just you know, constantly right, be on right. everything, even though I want to be, <laughs> I want to be super mom. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, just giving her something to do really helped. So I was like, okay, well, if you don't know what to do, you can sit down and read. I know you love reading or you can write and I would love to hear your stories. So she would do that. And, um, consequently, I mean, this year she's already read 44 books. So she reads a lot that and she's right a lot. Yeah. Now, looking at the processing, that was also a challenge because I'm thinking, okay, well, we want to hone the skill of writing. She could write poems. She could write real short stories. Pretty good. Um, but the processing and just organizing was very difficult for her. So we figured out um, that we could get a program that would help her maybe write a book because I was like, oh, this would be so cool if she could just use her gifts to write a book. So she wrote her first book when she was 18, and she's working on two more. I don't know how she can do two at the same time, but she's working on two more. <laughs> and then I'm helping her with editing it, and then um, she's she's working through those. And, of course, she reads all in the meantime, too. But uh, with the processing that's very difficult for her, one thing that is her strength is uh, being able to memorize. So like if if she meets a neighbor, she'll remember that person's name forever. I have to go to her and say, well, now what was that person's name? <laughs> she remembers all that. So if you're looking at editing, you have a lot of rule writing and grammar rules to follow. And since it's an interest of hers, she really takes heart to try to memorize that and really knows those. So a lot of times I'm like, okay, well, can I have a semicolon here? And she goes, no, mom, that's a colon. I'm like, well, how do you know? And then usually if I look it up, she... She's right on. She knows that. Oh, that so she really amazing. gifted. Mm -hmm. One thing I want to talk to you about that I've heard you say before is how much your children have learned empathy from having Ashley in their lives. And I've heard you say so many times how like when when your children just wanted to do things for your daughter and you would say, no, we all need to work together. Tell us a little bit about how one child's disability can can really benefit the whole family. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Ashley and Amber, my two oldest, they shared a room together all the time. And I also had a lot of learning to do because I didn't realize that it was so incredibly hard for Ashley to organize and clean. And I'm one of these people that I like everything super organized. <laughs> um, so I, I wasn't always like the... the most patient person with that. Um, but my daughter, my second daughter, she would help out with that a lot. And so also sharing a room with her, she would also just try to help out with everything that she could. And they would have um, uh, a lot of, you know, conversations about different things. And she realized that things were really hard for Ashley. And so what that did to impact her was like, well, if this is really hard for Ashley and she perseveres and she keeps trying and she has a smile on her face, boy, I should really be doing that as well. And so that was one of the big impacts that 
she had on her sister, Amber. Now, there is another story that was more recent, and I didn't realize that um, maybe my younger ones didn't notice things as as much when they were younger, um, and they didn't share a room either. So um, I feel like by the time that they were starting to really understand things, I had already learned how to work with Ashley Moore, and so did my husband, Jim, and so did Amber. And so I don't think that they realized a lot of things. So more recently, I would say it was maybe about six months ago, we have all the kids switch off and clean the kitchen at night. So that's kind of their job. And we always do a pair of two, you know, so you always have a buddy. And so um, it gets to be where some of the younger ones are now paired with Ashley. And so she does some things that, you know, she's wiping off the refrigerator and it's kind of in one spot over and over again or when she does things, it's it's a slower process. Like emptying the dishwasher may take her an hour and a half where it might take uh, another child 20 minutes, you know? Oh, right, so, right. Yeah. So they learn patience. And so um, one of the things that they I heard them from the kitchen is like, oh, oh, no, 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 Ashley, we'll get that. Don't worry about it. You can just go. And I was like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> this is not good. So I talked to Jim and we pulled the three younger ones downstairs. Um, so they were just kind of us and, you know, mom and dad and those three. And we explained, you know, look, some of this stuff is is hard for her and you have to have patience. But more so, you cannot do things for her because this is the deal. When you have um, a disability or whatever, you still want to be able to do something. You know, you still want to give. I think in in our hearts or the way that we're made, we're made to give and participate and be community and work with others. And that's very important for her. So so what if the refrigerator is not clean perfectly? Somebody else cleans it tomorrow anyway. So we're rotating anyway. Let's just let her do what she needs to do and be thankful, you know. But then also... Look at what she does and that she smiles and keeps doing it and perseveres through and learn from that as well. That is just so powerful. And I think in a homeschooling environment, all of your children will have different strengths and weaknesses. And so some of your children are going to be great in the STEM subjects and can help the other ones with math. I know that my middle son helped my older son with the science classes they took out of the house. But then there were other things that Ty could help John and Lizzie with. And so it just, it's a really, you know, that's a really vital part of homeschooling to me is to teach our kids how to appreciate the strengths of others and how to help mitigate their weaknesses or encourage them even in their weaknesses. And it really does make for an empathetic child. And I think that's across the spectrum, um, not the spectrum, but this, the spectrum of giftedness and kids with learning disabilities. It's sometimes you'll have, I mean, I just think it's all about strengths and weaknesses, but then we'll have children like our Turner, our children with Turner sy- syndromes where the, the disabilities are just more pronounced for sure. So tell us a little bit about your other children and 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 just, I, I think I've heard you do a workshop before on manipulatives with reading or ideas to make reading more accessible to reading resistant kids. So any thoughts on that? 
Yeah. So, um, you know, when you're working with your kids, sometimes you want, you know, that family. And I think a lot of homeschoolers, we want to gather together and do some things together. And it is important to have them kind of work together, but then also work on their own and work through their strengths. And through that, we're preparing them because even in the workplace or whatever you do, we we all have unique strengths. And if we can just notice those strengths and just like go, oh, well, you're so good at um, writing or you're so good at whatever. And we can pull those together even in a workplace and, and a leader. And we're really leaders of our home, right? Yes, so we're just orchestrating right. that same leadership and just recognizing these strengths and pulling them all together and making it absolutely um Phenomenal, because when we serve together, like in First Corinthians twelve, we each have unique strengths. But then, when we use them together, we can do so much more. Amen. So, yes. So, to answer your question about uh, reading, um, you can there there is reading based off of like what Dr. Orton and, and Anna Gillingham um, established, and it's like a structured literacy. So, you work through the sounds first. And so you may show them a T, for instance, and then you'll show them a picture of like tiger and turtle and so on. And so they'll get the visual of T and then they'll learn the sound of T. And um, you may even have them act like a turtle when they hear a T. And that so will help bringing, them to really solidify that. So you're bringing yes. the auditory, the visual, the kinesthetic, and it's hitting all of their senses in a way. And so it makes it a very strong learning situation. Right. Yeah, because this is the deal. You know, we back in, I can't remember the 70s, 80s, they talked about different types of learning. You have visual, you have kinesthetic, which is the hands-on and the auditory. And then we all learn best this certain way. Well, I think sometimes we think, oh, well, we learn best this certain way, so we have to learn this certain way. But the reality is that though it seems that we process better information through one of our senses, we're going to achieve superior re retention when we use all of our well, senses. Yes. Yes. And and That's furthermore point. Yes. Yeah. And then furthermore, it will equip us so if we lose one of our senses, we're not lost. Right. So oh, yeah, let's that's say a really good point. Yes. Right. Yeah. So my um neighbor when I was a kid, he had a tumor in his brain. And so he had to have that operated on. Well he came out and he was blind. He was four and a half years old. And he had to learn how to operate with those other senses. Well, right now, um, and he's, he lives in Wisconsin, so he has his own chocolate shop now because he went in, on to school for the blind. And then he wanted to be a chocolatier. So now he has his own chocolate shop. He has a Braille typewriter, or a, not a type, cash register, sorry. And he can hear where people are in his shop. And then when we went back there, it was so precious because I brought all of my kids and I'm like, okay, I want a demonstration. So they all got to meet uh, Joel and it was just so precious because he's showing them um, how he puts the chocolate in the molds and how he knows what color by the feel that needs to go there. And then when he makes the chocolates, he knows what's inside depending on what the swirl on top is and everything. And it's like, isn't that just amazing that got, that he was able or that God was able to give us all of these senses, you know, where we are weak, we can use our strengths to help us in areas to to strengthen that. And so that's such an incredibly important thing is to really work through all of those senses, even though one may be stronger, you be can strong, use that to strengthen others, the others. Yeah. 
Well, uh-huh. last week, I, I can't wait for you to hear this on the podcast. The last two weeks, I interviewed one of my closest friends, Faye Abbas, who was blinded at birth and homeschooled for children all the way through high school. And it's so much of that story sounds like your friend. So it's not just kids who have who need to work through disabilities. Many times it's us as homeschooling moms who have our own areas of weakness or disabilities. But before we leave this topic, do you remember the title of the workshop you gave at our, our Homeworks by Precept online party? Yes, Redefining Disabled as God is Abled. Yes, I yes. love that. I love that. I will forever, I couldn't remember just now, I will forever remember that title because it flips on its head what we think sometimes about the nature and scope of disabilities. So I want to talk for just a minute about your book, and it is called Inspirational Homeschooling, The Christian Homeschooling Guide to Balancing Academics and Family Life. Um, First of all, I know that for many years, you've been a consultant with Homeworks by Precept and um, and have become a real expert in the the BJU Press uh, homeschool curriculum. So tell us a little bit about that and how you encourage parents to to balance life and academics. Oh yeah. So, you know, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about homeworks consultants is they get to work one-on-one. I mean, of course, we're just and I remember hearing you say this, Dan, is that um we're always like impressed with these big crowds and the big speakers, right? But but Jesus washed the feet of one person or called one person out of the tree and he just was so um, caring for even just a single person, and he died for each one of us, right? So it's just so precious when uh, we get to work with one person at a time. And I have just had the privilege over the years to have those conversations with one person at a time and um, listen to what they needed, and then in turn, then able to help them. You know, well, you know, what about testing? You know, can I help with testing? Or how do I um, manage grades for college? Or um, how do I even get started? What do I do when I have a baby? <laughs> you know, and yes. so, yeah. So you know, these homes homeworks consultants are you know really amazing because they they just all feel so privileged to be able to help on that one and one, and it just grew me and blessed me over the years that I got to do that. Um, so let me ask you so, this question because of the things you've said before that have been so meaningful to me. Some people have the the sense or the in, or the feeling that if you have a set curriculum like BJU Press Homeschool, some people will call it a curriculum in a box. Surely you can't accommodate the needs of your children. You can't teach to their particular learning style. How do you feel about that? How do you answer that question? Oh, that's not even true at all. So, I mean, I I ended up using the BJU Press curriculum because they used it in the Christian school. And so for me, uh, okay, let me back up. I would I would first say to that parent, what is the most important thing to you? I mean, do you want your child to know about God? Do you want to teach them from a biblical perspective? And, um, you know, do you want to sit by them and have those conversations that may not come up? if you're just living everyday life, 
because I'm telling you, we have had so many incredible conversations about, you know, how to treat somebody. Um, I remember a story in one of the um, courses in the younger years where there was a blind child that, you know, where they were interacting and really all of these things speak to the heart. And so when I get to sit with my child and work on that level and then see where they're at, then I can in turn take that curriculum and go, okay, well, this is how I can use it for this child or that child. And, you know, so many people are so surprised because I've used it for all my kids, whether they've had disabilities or not, but I have learned how to use it. So, you know, okay, well, my child is having a struggle with reading, for instance, but I know that, um, through the structure that they have where they use the um, words that the the back end the because if you have a vowel followed by whatever it is followed by that vowel sound can change so they use a lot of things that actually work with for instance dyslexia and and that so just being able to look at your child and go okay well this is where they need help and then be able to help them slow it down and um, use what you can, like you were saying with math. I mean, you don't have to give them 100 problems. Let's sit through and work five today, and then maybe tomorrow we'll go through some of the things that you were struggling with, and then let's look at those as well. So yeah, absolutely, you can use that. Um, I would say just first look at what what is on your heart. Why are you homeschooling? Um, what do you want to teach your children? To me, that's the most important aspect of whatever you choose to use. Right. And, and your tools you know, align with that. One of the things I like to remind people of when you homeschool, you start with the child and then you implement the scope and sequence chart in the curriculum. And so the curriculum becomes a tool, not a rule. And, right. uh, you know, and I, I, so if you want to, if you're interested in the BJU Press homeschool curriculum, you can go to the website homeschoolhelp.com slash map and find a consultant in your area, just like Yvonne, who really wants to help you succeed in homeschooling your children where they are in life with their giftedness and strengths. So I want to ask you two more questions, Yvonne, because I love your book and I've really been encouraged by your book. Um, so with so many needs pressing in on homeschooling moms and so many things we're responsible for every day from cooking and cleaning and extracurricular activities and then all of the subjects, what is your best advice for gaining focus on what is important and setting priorities? And I think you discuss this in chapter 16 of your book. I just want to remind people of what a great book it is. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So, um, boy, you know, you just need to go back to, hey, what are what is most important to me? Um, I address in the book, like, first of all, where are we spending our priorities? So, you know, we each have 24 hours in a day. You may want to um, write down what you're doing and then look at it. And, and then not just look at that and go, oh, well, I got this done and that done and this done, but rather look at it and go, well, how did I feel when I was doing this? How did I feel when I was doing that? Did this feel right? So for instance, a child was sick and you spent half of your day, you know, cleaning up in the restroom and around the toilet and everything because they didn't always make it <laughs> um, when they were vomiting or whatever. And so therefore you didn't get to work with your other kids as well. And so how did you feel when you did that? Well, maybe you might feel like, well, I didn't get school done and now I'm four days behind. 
Or you could say, well, I had the opportunity to help this child and my other kids saw me care so much for this one child and they were concerned as well. And so I'm so incredibly thankful that I had that opportunity to show them that I cared and then also um, the opportunity for them to grow as well. And so um, as you're looking at priorities, you know, first of all, I love doing the Bible in the morning. And one of the things I'm working with is the biblical worldview with my two um, junior high. Well, one's in six and one's in eight. The books, biblical worldview. Yeah. Okay. Biblical worldview from, it's actually from BJU Press, the yes. sixth grade one. Okay. Um, and, and that is just, oh, I just, I'm going through it with them and we're going through more in conversation style because I just, I want those conversations. And I right. want to learn too. Right. So I'm going to be sharing that one with our youth pastor because he's talking on all these issues. So I thought, oh, he might want to see this one. <laughs> you know, it might help <laughs> him yeah. articulate to all these kids because this is the thing is they're out there in public schools too learning a lot of things. So if he can help, you know, that's going to be such a big deal. That, but anyway, right. so, right. So if you're having these conversations with them about, you know, well, who are you and who, how are you made in Christ? And, um, you know, all the different things that come up, those conversations are so incredibly important. So I love um, putting that first because I do want my children to also put God first. But then also I want them to realize that that biblical worldview, they can literally have a question about anything and go to the Bible. And I was so blessed the other, it was a couple weeks ago when one of my daughters, she sings for church. And I was so blessed by it because there was somebody that um, was trying to message her and we had just given her a phone that wasn't hooked up as a phone. It was just to listen to music, kind of like an iPod. Well, I realized with the Wi-Fi, there's some messaging abilities. So he was trying to, oh, you're pretty and stuff. And, and she's like 12 years old. And she is like kind of embarrassed about this. So she didn't tell me. Well, three or four days goes by and she's she wakes me up at one o'clock in the morning and she said, Mom, I opened up my Bible and I saw in the Bible that it said, you know, what you choose as a child makes an impact in how you listen to your parents and, and how you're truthful makes an impact who you are in the rest of your life. And I don't remember what Bible verse it was, but she, she told me and she highlighted it. And she said, and that just sat with me and I cannot sleep. And I've been thinking about this for three days. And I just wanted to let you know that this, you know, that he was messaging me and I was basically hiding it from you. And I know I shouldn't do that. And I thought, thank you, God, because I can't be with my children 100% of the time. That's right. Um, but he knows and sees everything. And if they know that they can consult their Bibles for every question or they go there first, they're going to do, um, they're going to make a lot better decisions. They're not going to be as confused as adults or as teenagers as they would be otherwise. Well, and so your, those prior, that party. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, tell us, Yvonne, how people can find you where, and how they can get your book. Yes. So I, I love serving the homeschool community and um, I've been blessed over the years um, by being a consultant. Um, but God has called me just a little bit, you know, to shift a little. So uh, through the inspirational homeschooling book is one of the ways I just love serving and I love just giving those away. But that is available also on um, Amazon, Barnes Noble and Walmart. 
And I have a website, inspirationalhomeschooling.com. And I love to put blogs there and um, different resources to help with whatever disabilities or um, maybe if you're looking at colleges and scholarships and things like that. And they're just links, but it's just an easy place to go, um, state laws and things like that. Um, and then the other thing is I, I have a I host a radio show and I, I have really been enjoying that because I love bringing on all these different people that support the homeschooling community. Yes. And that has just blessed my heart. And so I'm hoping to still be able to speak and do all these things to help. And that's just my heart is really just to help. And it that's when I'm filled. I guess I'm just made that way. Well, you know, it. I think that's one of the things I've loved about you so much over the years that you really do live out, you know, putting the needs of others above your own. I see it in your family. I see it in the families you deal with in terms of mentoring and helping them in homeschooling. And and it's just it's just amazing to watch you live your life. So I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for tuning in today. You can find me at zantyler.com. You can see all the guests we've had on the podcast. I think they'll really encourage you. So until next time, God bless and see you soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was encouraging and inspiring for you. If you would like more information, you can find me at zantyler.com. Until next time, see you later.